And we are live once again here, midweek studies, August 31st, it says on my pewter, Stefan Maia with you, early bird podcast sessions, addedsouls.com is the website, and um, we're studying the scriptures on this day according to the itinerary, and we've been going through the, uh, the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis will be in chapter 16 today for this hour, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. And uh, we'll be looking at uh, the witness and recorded account of Sarah and Hagar. Oh, we're going to find some information in there. Hopefully something that'll challenge us and uh, have us uh, grow in the faith. Let me turn my, uh, what do you call this now? Time hourglass, right? Time glass, hourglass. Let me turn that so it'll be on the hour. There we go. All right. Time keeps on slipping, doesn't it? Keep slipping, 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 so saith Steve Miller. All right, so uh, before we get into it, please consider supporting by uh, subscribing, you know, uh, liking, rumble, comment, share uh, this uh, link far and wide on all social media platforms. Uh, sign up for free over at addedsouls.locals.com. And once you are signed up for free, you can have the opportunity to support the Added Souls ministry. Of course, this puts food on the table for the Maya family as we um, uh, evangelize this mission field over on the east coast of Canada. I am the minister for the East Coast Church of Christ, a newly planted church in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. And uh, if you'd like to have more information about that, we can certainly schedule a phone conversation, video chat, whatever is necessary, whatever is needed. And uh, it's available to you. It's a very good work. It's a very, uh, um, uh, it's a good growing work, and it has much potential. And uh, you can get involved with that. And one of the ways you can do that is signing up to addedsouls.locals.com, and therein choosing to support monthly. Good stuff. Okie dokie. Um, Sarah and Hagar, right? That's what's going on. So we're gonna read that, and we'll just get into the information, and we'll see what we can. Uh, We'll see what we can see, right? Prior to chapter 16, last session, we were over in chapter 12, and we went through chapter 12 with Abram being uh, called out, if you will, to go forth. And he went forth, and we looked at all the information that was involved with that journey and uh, how he got into some uh, sticky situations over there in Egypt with Pharaoh, right? By all means, please go check that out. It's in the archived edition. I point them to the episode. It was episode 13. Today we're in episode 14. So, and we're going to skip a few chapters here. And that's how we're going to do this. I wasn't entirely certain on how I was going to go about the study of Genesis. And um, I'm going to go for certain chapters and certain accounts recorded, leaving you the opportunity, of course, to study on your own time. Uh, the chapters, perhaps we don't address on this session, which has a lot of genealogy and things like that. But anyway, uh, for, for, because I, to, for a certain purpose to go through the book together here in like this podcast kind of a, a approach. Okay. So we, we did chapter 12 and we're going to go and skip through 13, 14, 15, and we're going to find ourselves in 16. But before we do get into 16, briefly, 13 was about Abram and Lot and how, uh, they went their separate ra uh, separate ways, correct? And of course, Lot uh, went a certain direction that would 
uh, of course, ended up to, <laughs> it's going to end up to be a bad location. Uh, but that moved forward into chapter 14, which was the War of the Kings, right? And we saw, of course, in there, Abram uh, rescue uh, some people of his and things like that. And then we see in chapter 15, Abram promised a son. God promised him a son. And uh, that led us into chapter 16, where we are for this session. Where we are for this session, and we're going to take a look into that and uh, see what we can learn. That all right? That okay? Yeah. All right. Chapter 16, verse 1 says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. Now remember, chapter 15, God had promised Abram would have lineage, ancestry, through his own seed. His seed. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. I mean, one could, I don't know, uh, perhaps say that she acquired this servant from Egypt while she was in Egypt regarding the whole thing that took place there with Pharaoh thinking Sarah was Abram's sister and the plague that came about. Again, I encourage you to go check out episode 13 in the archives. Well, I'm assuming that's what happened. I mean, she has this Egyptian servant, this maid. That's probably where it comes from. Okay, so Sarah, in verse 2, said to Abram. This is what Sarah says to Abram. In chapter 13, or was it chapter 13? No, sorry. In chapter 12, Abram says something to Sarah. In chapter 12, Abram says to Sarah, hey, listen, <laughs> you're beautiful, you know, and uh, Pharaoh's going to see that. And once Pharaoh sees you're beautiful and he knows I'm your husband, he's going to murder me. He's going to have me executed. So uh, why don't you just tell him you're my sister? I mean, it's kind of true, right? I mean, it's kind of true. And it's interesting how God didn't see it that way. God called Sarah his wife, not his sister in the account of chapter 12. But anyways, we deal with that in episode 13. So what I'm bringing out here for our session today is that Abram was having a discussion towards his wife, and it was in poor leadership. He was not leading the household the right direction with what he was suggesting, suggesting. and we saw how that ended up. That, that caused a lot of problems, caused a lot of problems for, for Abram. Uh, so in chapter 16, now kind of the table is turned and Sarah has something to say to, to her husband, Abram. And she says, now behold, you know, pay attention here. I'm going to herald some information your way, Abram. The Lord has prevented me from bearing children. <sighs> What's going on here? Have we already... Have we already recognized the red flag? <laughs> you know, we human beings, man, we can be so blinded by our own pursuits or uh, uh, selfish ambitions or um, all sorts of um, deviant paths, right? To get to something or to receive something that is just not according to God's way. All right. Uh, and because of that, well, we don't see all the red flags around us. 
you know, the many red flags that are seen, let's say, in an individual who's getting involved with a very toxic and abusive individual. Like, for instance, we've had friends and uh, both male and female getting involved in a relationship with an, with an individual where we were like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Like, this person is bad news. They are very abusive. They have a resume of abuse, you know. <laughs> They've poorly treated all their girlfriends, if you will. Like, it's one of those things. No, 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 I... You're wrong about him. You're wrong about him, mom. I love him. You know, oh, man. And then, of course, they get involved with this relationship and they're blinded by their idea of what they think this relationship is going to be. And, uh, well, they get abused. They become victims. Psychological abuse, uh, physical abuse. And there's a lot of uh, turmoil, pain, chaos, and division in the family because this individual was just blind to the red flags of the individual she was getting involved with in a intimate relationship. Sometimes we have that happen. Uh, I've seen myself being loyal to a friendship I thought I had and was blind to the many red flags that was taking place from the many uh, uh, friends that, that were true and genuine and pure towards me saying, hey, listen, you should not be friends with this individual. Like, he's a bad dude. Like, he's very divisive and he's going to cause a lot of pain. No, 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 you're all wrong. You're wrong. He's my best friend, you know, that kind of thing. That's happened to me in my past life, of course, in the church. It's well and alive as well. It just happens. Well, Sarah here's got something in her mind that's blinding her to what she should be trusting in and where her faith should be. Your faith should not be diminished, compromised, or extinguished because your loyalty to a friend or to a certain school or to a certain academic pursuit or to a certain this, that, and the The gospel should be first and foremost in our lives. We should pursue his kingdom first and foremost, Matthew 6, 33. And even if that comes uh, at a great deal of sacrifice in your life, in my life, in our lives, as we got to do that. But we don't, do we? And we learn the hard way. <laughs> we learn the hard way that we should have not, we should have recognized the red flags. We should have recognized the red flags and we should have acted upon it at that time and it would have saved us a lot of problems. A lot of problems. Uh, Sarah didn't need to come up with what she's going to say to Abram. She should have just known that trusting in the word of God would suffice and that's all you needed. All you needed is the word of God. Trust the word of God. Pray to God. Seek God for his answers, his guidance, his instruction. First and foremost, and don't allow yourself to deviate from that. Well, she did, and many of us do, and we think, oh, we need something more than the Word of God, because the Word of God is not enough, so now we need something else. Some brethren are uh, persuaded away from the faith because they think, well, they must consult certain commentaries or certain scholarly brethren certain pharisaical influences in the brotherhood. Oh, we need to... No, listen, we don't need these kinds. We just need the Bible. Is there a utility in honest uh, uh, studies and academic pursuits? Well, of course. But again, we cannot allow ourselves to be blinded uh, by the red flags that appear. And again, sadly, we do, and we learn the hard way, and so is going to be the case for Sarah in this account as it was for Abram in chapter uh, 12. So she says to Abram, now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Where's the red flag? Well, 
the Lord didn't prevent her from bearing children. Why is she placing the blame on God? It's not God's fault. <laughs> God, didn't, God didn't prevent her. God is not the one who is causing this moment. She's got something in her mind, and it's not in accordance to what God promised in chapter 15. At the very least, she should have consulted her husband about this. Why suggest this to her husband? Her husband should be leading the household, by the way. So Sarah says to Abram, her husband, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Has he really? Please go into my maid. What? Please go into my maid? Please, I mean, Abram's wife, Sarah, is suggesting, is, is insisting, she's insisting that her husband go have sexual intercourse with another woman. Who? Might you say some kind of foreigner, far and away, just a one-time deal? No, her maid. Um, I, you know, I don't know much of a whole bunch of stuff, but in my mid-40s, I would think that that's a bad idea. I don't think that's going to end well. People are people, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, Abram and Sarah were human beings living with other human beings, thinking the way human beings think, just like you and I today. This is not some kind of, well, things were different and quote-unquote primitive back then. No, 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 no. Human beings are human beings, and they were thinking and doing things that are being thought of and done today. And it's going to cause a problem. Now, to the young individual who would have a worldly mind, the young husband be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, <clears throat> that's a fabulous idea, wife. I, uh, um, uh, I wish we would have thought of that earlier. Uh, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, where is she? Where's the maid? You know, in pursuit of the flesh. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. For those of us who have lived a bit of life and have gotten to uh, experience some wisdom, um, there's a mess about to happen here. Like, this is not good. One male, one female. Isn't that what God created and intended at the beginning? Male, female. Husband, wife. One of each together become two... What? You mean to tell me now this husband who is married to one wife, Sarah, is going to have intercourse with another woman who is the maid of his wife and you think this is just going to work out fine and that's how we need to do this because it's God's fault that he's not, that he's preventing the womb from producing children? No, no, like sometimes we, you have to stop and be like, what are we thinking of? What are we thinking of? Oh, man, listen. We human beings, when we, when we trust in other things other than God's word, here's where we go. Let's tell Pharaoh that you're my sister. Hey, husband, go into my maid because God's preventing me from having a child. 
Yeah, things are going to work out real well. We don't think too far ahead, do we? We don't think too far ahead, do we? Red flags. There's a bunch of red flags here. Number one, why is she not... Why is God not being consulted here in this decision? Like, I mean, this is pretty bad. And I mean, Abraham, I mean, Abraham at this point must certainly... I mean, we're going to read in the following verses that Abraham's like, are you crazy, wife? What's the matter with you? Of course I'm not going to go into uh, your maid or any other woman. You're my wife. God promised us just in the chapter past, just a few minutes ago, God just promised us that, you know, from uh, from my seed, uh, we're going to have a child and uh, that uh, our ancestry will be as wide as the ocean's sand. You know, it's just going to be. I mean, I'm sure that's what Abram's going to say. Be like, wife, why are you coming up with all this nonsense? Repent. What's the matter with you? We'll be fine. Right? That's what we're going to read, right? So in verse 2, Sarah says to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. Really? Is that how that works now? You don't think Hagar going to find attachment to her child in her womb from the seed of Abram? Is she just kind of one of those vending machines? Hey, Abram, give me your seed. I'm going to put it in the vending machine. A baby's going to come out. I'll, I'll, I'll call it mine, and that'll be the child of promise, right? I mean, because God's, you know, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. He's not making a baby in my womb, so we got to make some. We got we to gotta go a different way. That's what human beings do, don't we? Why do we do that? Because we don't trust the word of God. We don't trust the word of God. Perhaps I'll obtain children through her. Perhaps? So you're not even certain? Like, this is a pretty big deal for an uncertainty. Like, if you were 100% sure this was going to work out, and you'd say, I'm 100% sure this is going to work out, don't worry about it, I got it all figured out, this is how it's going to work out, then you'd convince me a bit more. But perhaps? Like, do you see the long-term damage of this decision if we move forward with it? Me having uh, relations with your maid? Like, do you, are you looking at 10 years ahead here, 20 years, 50 years, a hundred years, a thousand, 2000, 3000? Like, are you seeing what's going to happen? Here? Like on perhaps you want me to do this on a, on a, on a, maybe, maybe it'll work. You're crazy woman. We're not doing that. I'm sure that's what Abraham's going to say. I'm positive. I mean, Abraham, Abram, I mean, come on. God loves Abram. Abram loves God. He's trusted God so many times. He's certainly going to tell his wife, this is a bad idea. We're not doing this. Uh, perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. Wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. I must be reading this wrong. There's something wrong with the text here. There must be a misinterpretation or a mistranslation. Something must be wrong. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. Not only did he hear the audible noise coming out of her lips, he actually listened. He allowed that information within his mind. 
I wonder if he's having a Pharaoh moment. You know, Pharaoh sees the beauty of Sarah and he let his guard down. I wonder if Abram's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's a good idea, wife. Yeah, let, let, let me go into your maid there and uh, see what happens. Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. He's supposed to be the leader of the household. He's supposed to say, well, he's supposed to at the very least, like, okay, okay, okay. This is this would be the the right way to do it. Be like, Sarah, I love you. I love you with everything. I I truly do. I you are beautiful and you've been kind and loyal to me and faithful to me. I I really love you. And I hope you see that in my actions. Not only in my words but in my actions. I hope you see that. I'm not going to go into the maid. I'm not going to have sex with the maid. God's going to provide this child. He said he would. He's going to. I know you. Yeah. I know it's difficult and challenging right now. I know we find ourselves in a lot of uncertainty and a lot of doubt. I know things may seem discouraging. And, and, and things may not even seem like if they have any hope. But they do because the word of God said so. So Sarah... I appreciate your suggestion, and I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that the motive of your heart is pure with it, but we're not going to do that. It would cause a lot of problems. I mean, wife, please listen to what I'm saying to you. Having sexual relations is very personal and intimate. You know that. It's a bond that takes place that has a lot of emotional baggage with it, an investment. I mean, it's going to be causing trauma not only for you, but for her who has to bear my child in her womb only to be taken away from her. Like, do you see the problems that are going to arise from this? And if Sarah, of course, having a, a humbled moment, a moment of clarity and seeing that her husband's wisdom is true... She'd be like, oh, wow, I'm so happy you helped me sober my mind over this. I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was just I've just being discouraged and I've lost a lot of faith because of what we're going through. And I understand, wife. Let's work together. Let's pray and let's consult God again. Let's go to his word and read it again, where he tells us it's going to be okay. He's going to take care of us, and we'll trust in that and will live and persevere through another day. Is that okay, wife? Yes, husband, thank you. I mean, that's what we're going to read, right? No, that's not what we read. Sadly. <laughs> and how can we speak this way now? Because we've gone through a lot of these moments, haven't we? Where we've made the wrong decisions, we didn't see the, the red flags, we didn't spot them because our loyalty was to something else, we had diminished our faith and trusted in corrupt sources and corrupt decisions, corrupt ways, that caused a lot of pain and sorrow and will and will have consequence for ages and ages ahead. So Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. He shouldn't have done that. After Abram had lived 10 years, the text says, uh, in the land of Canaan, um, Abram's wife, Sarah, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abram as his wife. 
Abram listened to the voice of Sarah, Abram should have listened to the God's word. And he should have told her, his wife, that's what we're doing. But that's not what took place. So in verse 3, Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan. Abram's wife, Sarah, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her, say, uh, Hagar, to her husband, Abram, as his wife. So Abram went in to Hagar. They had relations. And Hagar conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. Her mistress was despised in her sight. I mean, look at it from both perspectives. From Sarah's perspective, there might have been some jealousy, right? There might have been some inner bitterness, growing vindictive pursuits. From Hagar's perspective, the same could apply. Jealousy, perhaps, or injustice. You know, why is this happening? What, you know, it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of damage here from this decision. A lot of damage. A lot of division. Sin is very divisive. And sin, when it enters in, it manipulates and it causes much pain. It will cause division within family, within the local assembly. It will force a great many splits that would not have taken place if those red flags had been recognized and avoided, sin does this. And sin entered this family, this household, between Abram and Sarah. And it all stemmed to the moment they should have trusted in God's word instead of something else. So here they find themselves in a moment of... Uh, uh, chaos, disorder in the household. And Sarah said to Abram in verse 5, May the wrong done me be upon you. Now remember, what did she say to Abram in verse 2? Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. So apparently it's God's fault. And whose fault is it now in verse 5? Apparently, it's Abram's fault. Is Abram independently accountable and at fault? Yes. But is she seeing her own participation in this? She was the one bringing the sinful uh, practice into suggestion, into... Uh, uh, what do you call that again? I said it just a while ago. Uh, insisting it, Abram became the enabler. And sometimes that's how it happens. Sin enters in, and it insists that corruption and division take place, and you find weak brethren, weak individuals in their faith, cowardly perhaps, low-hanging fruit, idle, vain, who become enablers of the sinful insisting 
and suggesting. And it masquerades itself as righteousness when in fact it is a lie. And it is um, uh, very destructive and it holds eternal punishment. So Sarah says to Abram, may the wrong done me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms. But when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. May the Lord judge between you and me. The ultimatum, right? The ultimatum. Again, sometimes the source of sinful activity comes with an ultimatum, which is quite hip, uh, filled with hypocrisy. Uh, I've seen these kinds of uh, divisive approaches from very divisive brethren, and they have that my way or the highway uh, situation uh, and, uh, or, or approach or pride, more accurately, and they are very hypocritical in that. They apply it to others, but they will not apply it to themselves. Uh, they will bind and find guilty others uh, who have specks in their eyes, uh, created by the log sticking out of the individual, the, the guilty party. So Sarah's kind of being found in this here category. And this is all, of course, a deviation from the word of God. And you see how much chaos and sorrow and pain and damage it does. And it's going to take a long time. And the consequences of it run till this day, believe it or not. The consequences of what we are reading in chapter 16 of Genesis run till this day. It's the same with Adam and Eve. Look at what they did. What happened there? Adam should have trusted in the word of God and told his wife, we're not going to eat, we're not even going to look at that tree. You understand that? Get away from that snake. What are you even doing there? Come on, let's get out of here. No, he participated in a sinful activity of disobedience. And you and I still live that consequence today. We live in a fallen world. Okay? When sin enters in a family or enters into a local congregation, it forces a lot of chaos and pain corruption and sorrow and it masquerades itself as righteousness it isn't and the consequences of it can run for many 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 years it's like a cancer spiritual threat of sorts in an illustration form a cancer in the physical way entering the body it must go into remission it must be removed it takes years of healing years before the body once again is found functional is found upright and pure Um, there's a lot of damage taking place here between Abram and Sarah and now Hagar, and it's going to take a long time to heal. Are you with me? So Sarah says, may the wrong done me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarah, behold, Your maid is in your power. Do to her what is good in your sight. Right? So Sarah treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. 
Hagar's like, I'm not going to stick around here. Look at, look at the words. Harshly. Despised. You see that? Harshly. Despised. Where's the accountability? Where's the accountability here taking place? Where's the communication? Some individuals' hearts are so rebellious and hardened and corrupt, they will not sit down and quote-unquote work things out. They will not sit down and quote reason with you. Look at the words. Harshly. Harsh. Despised. Those are not the words you want to find in your family. Those are not words you want to find getting between husband and wife. Okay? Those are not the words you want to find among brethren, brothers and sisters. Those are not words you want to find in the local assembly, in the local church. Yet they come when we stop trusting the word of God and we invoke, we invite. We allow a thief to climb in through the window. Sin, the devil's influence. And all this chaos and turmoil comes about. Comes about. Uh, behavioral delinquencies are emboldened. Weaknesses are taken advantage of and utilized. <clears throat> and uh, a great lie and a great sin is uh, 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 created and activated and practiced. And now we see great damage in this account, don't we? Now the angel of the Lord, in verse 7, found her by a spring of water in the wilderness by the spring on the way to Shur. Okay? Now, verse 6 again. But Abram said to Sarah, Behold, your maid is in your power. Do to her what is good in your sight. So Abraham, again, does not take the leadership role to be a peacemaker, which he should have. He's once again forfeiting his duty, his office to be a leader of this household and to try to now mend find or micromanage at the very least a healing agency or a way forward between them three with a child now involved. He doesn't do that, does he? He further fuels the fire. He's an enable. He's now the enabling of the situation further into uh, chaos and division. Cowards do that. Cowards do that. I've seen them do it. They're not strong enough to stand up to what's right. And so they immediately side with the sin. And sometimes the sin can be a wife. Sometimes the sin can be a husband. And it's close to home. It's close to the heart. And we compromise. And we go along with very divisive ways. And much pain is created. These moments can create so much pain that you'll have a son so corrupted, cowardly so, he will no longer speak to his father or his mother, his brother or his sister. You'll find parents no longer talking to their siblings. You'll, you'll find so much pain and trauma and consequences. It it's just, and again, where does this all come from? They don't trust the word of God. They were weak. They were weak. They did not trust the word of God. And they thought it took something more than the word of God to accomplish what they wanted accomplished. You know, some churches want growth. And they think the way we're going to get growth is something more above and beyond the Word of God. And so they invoke 
they invite and they practice things that are not necessary. And because of it, the congregation loses its light. It becomes corrupt. You don't need anything more than the Word of God. You don't need anything more than the Word of God because some brethren who are corrupt, very prideful, they will put themselves up in preeminence as the gatekeepers. And now you find yourself with a judge who thinks himself to be a walking God. And it's a problem. And sin enters in such ways. Sin enters in such ways, and we can see it recorded in this account, and we are wise to learn from it. We are wise to learn from it. Abraham should have taken that leadership role, should have became the peacemaker, should have sought mending and healing and reunion and union through what was going on. How? Trust the word of God. Go to God. Say to God, we've messed up big time. We've allowed sin into the fold that has caused division. Please help us out of this. Please help us to repent and to once again be united. They should have, he should have done that, but he didn't. He further fuels it forward, enabling it into even greater consequence. And uh, we see words like harshly, right? Now, the angel of the Lord, why? Why the angel of the Lord here in, chap in, in, in chapter 16, verse 7? Because the Lord now, once again, has to directly intervene. Now, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring of the way of Shur, to which I believe in my studies revealed. This is speaking of the second person of the Godhead, whom you and I would know through the New Testament as Jesus the Christ. Now the angel of the Lord found her, Hagar, by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to shore. She was leaving, right? Because she had fled from the presence of Sarah. Because she was being treated harshly. And she was... Uh, uh, despi she despised Sarah anyway. So there was... The damage had been done. And the Lord, whom I believe to be the second person of the Godhead, says to... Uh, well, he said in verse 8, Hagar, Sarah's maid, he knows her by name and who she is and what her uh, duty, responsibility, career, whatever you want to call it. She, he knows her directly. Calls her by name. So he's identified her name. He's identified her office, what, he, what, what she is and what her purpose is. She's, Hagar, she's Sarah's maid. He says to her, we, uh, where, sorry, verse 8, where have you come from and where are you going? That's important. That's important stuff. Those questions mean something. Those questions mean something. Where have you come from and where are you going? You know why the second person of the Godhead is saying this to Hagar? Because sometimes we forget, don't we? You were a slave to the Egyptian way of life. 
to the heathen and pagan. You were called out of that situation and placed into a family, a fold, where you were given purpose. You had a goal. You were outside the fold among the heathen. You were called out from among the heathen and placed into the household of Abram. The church, the location where God's favored are found. And you, of course, became the recipient of a very sinful deed and activity that now has seed and consequence. He's having her think about what's taking place here. Are you sure you want to leave the church? Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? What kind of a future will you have in the direction you are going? You've come from a long, long place. You've, you've gone through a lot in life. You've experienced many things. Some just, some unjust. You participated in a very sinful activity that caused a lot of pain. You should not be the one leaving. Sin should be the one leaving. Sin should be removed. Corruption should be removed. The spiritual cancer is what needs to be removed so that you can go into remission and have a future. You need to remember where you come from, how far you've come from, and where you're going. And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. That's why. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. See, there's a path forward here. There's a cure. There is great consequence, but there's a cure. Moreover, in verse 10, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He, Ishmael, will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him, and he will live to the east of all his brothers. Then she, Hagar, called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, which again I believe to be the second person of the Godhead, whom you and I would know commonly through the New Testament as Jesus the Christ. She says to him, You are a God who sees. For she said, 
Have I even remained alive here after seeing him? To see God would have meant death, would it not? She lives. He knows her by name. He knows her history. He has much wisdom. He has much wisdom. She recognizes this moment, though perhaps some ignorance linger in her heart. She knows to say you are a God who sees. You have great insight. You have great wisdom. You have power. You have authority. Have I even remained alive after seeing him? Therefore the well was called, in verse 14, Bir Chalet Roy. I know I'm not pronouncing that right. Who cares? Let's keep going. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Until this day, the consequence and havoc of Ishmael is still alive. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Verse 16. Oh boy, a lot to learn. A lot of things to learn in there, aren't there? We've been, we've been talking about the things to learn in there, haven't we? Haven't we? God will always find a path to healing if we obey his word. If we humble ourselves and allow ourselves to recognize the sin and the source in which sin came and remove it. Sometimes God has mercy on us and removes the source of sin from us to give us chance, to give us, well, chance is not the right word, to give us or to facilitate. There we go. God will, at times, through providence in our day and age and prayer, remove a spiritual cancer to facilitate a path of piercing where we can come to our senses, where we can have a moment of clarity and recognize what sin have, has done and the damage sin has done and to seek a very humble path forward through his word for renewal, for healing, for mending, for repentance, change, and producing fruits therein. Um, we be wise. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. I... <coughs> sneezed and nowadays that's illegal it seems okay <clears throat> so first and foremost this could have been avoided if they would have trusted in the word of god if abram would have been the leader of the household and trusted in the word of god and led his wife to follow suit with him united none of this would have taken place but it did take place and then there came a moment in which abram could have stepped in. Though damage had been done, there could have been a way to find healing with the damage to try to repair as best as they could. He didn't. So further down, spiraling downwards, the account goes to the point where it was complete chaos and division. And so God comes in and finds a cure. He gives the cure. He is the cure. There needs to be submission there needs to be a system in which things are done right. And the consequences of this sin will live on 
for a very, very, very long time, but that doesn't mean that individuals need to be condemned. There can be hope. So there it is. That's the account, chapter 16, Sarah and Hagar, for what it's worth, hopefully some substance behind the message and uh, something for you and I to think about, right? To be challenged, to be perhaps encouraged. Whatever it is you're going to do today, go to the Word of God first and foremost. It could be with anything and everything. You're going to make a large purchase that's going to cost a lot of money. Have you consulted the Word of God? Is it wise? Are you being a good steward? Are you having issues or having arguments or having some discrepancies between you and your wife? Well, go to the Word of God. They will heal you. It will heal you. It will teach you how to be united. Problems with the family, problems at work, problems in the community, problems in the local congregation, problems among the leadership, problems anywheres and everywheres. What's the sin and how did it, came, how did it come about? Go to the Word of God and God will guide us and instruct us to uh, uh, take care of that problem. Everything and anything. Everything and anything. Good stuff. That all right? Stefan Maia with you. The Early Bird Podcast sessions here from Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. But please know that that might change. Uh, in September, uh, I might be going at 10 a.m. Atlantic t- Daylight Time because we wake up early and we go for a jog do some exercise and then you know you come home you wash up and then i go to the studio i come to the office and i do the podcast so that's kind of like the fall and winter and uh spring sessions or time frame i think i'll make it 10 a.m atlantic daylight time uh so be careful for that in september that might be taking place again if you think that this kind of content is beneficial and should be kept going and growing um consider supporting it you can sign up for free at addedsouls.locals.com and from there you can choose to monthly support you know uh as low as five dollars a month if you want to or as much as you as you are willing and able to participate in this it keeps the added souls ministry going forward it puts food on the table for the maya family and we currently are uh working the mission field of east coast canada as the east coast church of christ a newly planted church in moncton new brunswick canada We are 15 members strong and growing. We have currently uh, the contact and potential of about, I think it is another nine to 10 souls that should be with us here, hopefully before the end of the year, if not the beginning of the year. So there's many wonderful things. We're we're actually actually, uh, also shopping around for land uh, so as to build a small, modest congregation house for the community to see us there. we're getting, uh, there, there's just a lot of good stuff going on. And we'd love for you to part, partake in, in this and, and to be a part of it. Uh, many of you have been for years and we love you and we, we know who you are. We pray for you. It's uh, a very transparent, very honest, very sincere endeavor. And uh, we are just so happy to uh, and joyful and encouraged uh, to be part of this. So uh, get involved, look at the show notes, look at the opportunities, contact us if need be, stay focused, stay positive, Lord willing, tomorrow morning for our topical discussion. That's the theme of our Thursdays. Uh, And uh, that should be about it. Good stuff. Peace out.